Have you heard about the guys over at Chinook Seedery? They are the only sunflower seed company that is taking the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at ChinookSeedery.com. Yo, what is up, everybody? It is time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined as always by my co-hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers. But Randy Jowers is on a break. He'll be back with us next week. But Jim, you and I, we got a big one. We got episode two, season seven, titled Big Shoes to Fill, because tonight's guest, Ole Miss baseball star, Grayson Saunier is joining us. He's going to talk to us about his story. He's going to talk to us about the expectations of going to Ole Miss after winning a national championship, because those are definitely big shoes to fill. So, Man, I don't want to waste any time. I want to get right to him. So help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview in podcasting this week, our man, Ole Miss star, Grayson Sonier. All right, Grayson, our man, welcome to the show. How are we doing tonight? Doing great, doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, no problem. So, you know, we know where you're from. We're from where you are, uh, you know, originally from. And so with that, there might be some judgment when we ask some of these questions, you know, because we're going to expect, like, certain answers. And, you know, right out the gate, I got to know, who's your favorite musician? Favorite musician? I got to go Morgan Wallman, 100%. That's a, I'm, that's I'm, 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 I'm judging hard already. Out the gate. Uh, <laughs> No, right. that that is a uh, four out of every five guest answer, Grayson. So you're you're in the majority. Unfortunately, we're not big country guys, but you know it's all good. Um, you know what is your favorite movie? Favorite movie? Ooh, it's a tough one. Uh, you can give me a couple if it's hard. If it's hard to just give one. Gosh, I'd have to say it's between uh, Avatar, the first one, and. Uh, the Batman, uh, or not, not the Batman, the Dark Knight, I think. Uh, yeah. Solid, solid. Let, let me, let me tell you. Back. You just earned Daniel back. Uh, but see, here's the thing. You, you you lead out the gate with Avatar. Let me tell you something. That movie is overrated, and I bet I've never seen it fully start to finish ever. Well, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I just don't. I'm going to tell you this, Daniel. I just saw the second one in the theater. It's It's awesome. Like, so... Maybe it'll redeem. Maybe that'll redeem it. I mean, yeah, maybe it's. But see, I, I guess that's part of it. Like, I, I would rather watch a movie on my couch. Like, I, I don't have like it in me to like. Oh man, I can't wait for this movie to come out in theaters and then like plan a day to go like well, check you it do, out. You do have I to plan don't. a day to go see Avatar too because it's three hours and like fourteen minutes long. Like, nah, <laughs> you gotta bro. you gotta watch you gotta watch the first one all the way through. Though. I mean, you can't you gotta do it justice. You can't not watch all the way through no I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna need a nap if it's three hours for sure <laughs> <laughs> all right so next one you know uh who was your favorite athlete growing up who it didn't even have to be a baseball player if it wasn't but you know who did you who did you like um uh, i think overall i'd probably say steph curry for sure uh because i used to play basketball so 
I was a huge Steph Curry fan. If, if you're uh, going to be a Steph Curry fan, tell me you had a you had a good jumper. I mean, yeah, I had a great jump shot. Uh, yeah, no, I used to play, and uh, I, that's all I would do was just sit in the corner and shoot threes. That's that's basically all I did. So, yeah. all right, Daniel. So looks like you got your next challenge in horse, bro. I mean, if you're ever in Tampa and you want to get owned in pool basketball. <laughs> I don't lose. I don't lose at my own home. Hey, man, it's, hey, it's a whole different yeah. game when you're shooting out of the pool, man. I'm telling you. Oh, I don't. I don't lose horse. So I don't. I can't remember the last time I've lost uh, in horse. When was but, the last time you were shooting around while you were in the swimming pool, though? That's the question. Uh. Oh, he's just gonna say this summer. Oh man. I don't know. Probably this summer. I think my friend had a. He has a pool and he has a basketball hoop. So, I've not too long ago. I still got it. I got you. All right. Well, one more, and then I'll let Daniel, you know, start to get into your story. You know, I don't know if you're a big football fan or not. Obviously, you just said you're a basketball fan. Um, who are you rooting for out of the teams that are in the playoffs to win the Super Bowl? Mm. Um, yeah, I don't even know. Because my team's not in it, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, who's, your, who's your team? The Commanders. Washington oh. Commanders. God. That's that's a yeah. hold on. That's a we gotta Daniel. You gotta have to hold the story. We got to figure out why why the Commanders. Uh, it was my dad's team. He used to live up around the DC area, so I just kind of always liked them. Okay, too, if you're so. if you're raised into it, that's yeah, that makes more sense because you know yeah. being from you know living in the Memphis area, I thought maybe you're gonna like come out with the Titans, but for you to say yeah. Commanders, I was like, whoa. Yeah, no, yeah, but if I had to choose one, I'd probably say. I'd probably say the Bills just because I like Josh Allen. So hopefully he can win one. Uh, that'd be cool. Or the Bengals, either one of those. I, don't, I wouldn't mind either. I mean, it's, uh, I would say the Bills are a pretty safe pick. The Bengals are a pretty safe pick. I mean, I would even put the Cowboys in there. Just saying. <laughs> that, that, that's his team. <laughs> oh, boy. So, Grayson, man, let's get into this and the, easiest way for us to, to get your story is to go all the way back all the way to the beginning rewind it take me back obviously you know we're we're memphis folks you're a memphis folk but you you come from the suburbs like wh what area of memphis are you coming out of well i'm actually uh, originally from texas um i was born and raised in texas about born in dallas and then uh, i think we we're like two hours east um of dallas so i was born and raised there and then moved to memphis in the fourth grade um i've been there ever since so so growing up you got brothers sisters mom and dad everybody you know in the house yes sir i have an older brother 20 20 year old older brother about to turn 21 and then uh mom and dad but that's my only, only other sibling gotcha are any of those any of those folks, athletes, mom, dad, brother, anybody? Dad played NAIA, NAIA uh, baseball. Um, I think my mom played softball a little bit in college. And then brother ran track for a year in college. Uh, so family of athletes, I'd say. Yeah, it seems like it because, I mean, obviously you're, you're a, from what – we gather we see and we've heard and we've read you're a three-sport athlete 
Um, talk to us about the sports that you played and the ages that you started playing these sports. Gotcha. Uh, I mean, I definitely, I don't know when I started playing baseball, but it had to have been when I was like four, something like that. As soon as, I mean, whatever the age is for T-ball, that's when I started baseball. Uh, I didn't start playing football until like uh, fifth grade, I think. And then basketball, I've played um, for as long as I can remember too. So, and then I, I guess I've, I played, uh, I played basketball up until I was a sophomore and I played football up until I was a sophomore. So uh, with all of these, what, you know, which one would you say that you're the best at? I mean, obviously baseball, you know, you're at elite level, but growing up, which one would you have said, Oh, that's, that's my sport. I'm, I'm the best at this. Well, growing up, I, I, I think it was, Basketball. I was better at basketball growing up, but um, I think around the age of, I'd say, 10 or 11, I started getting better at baseball. So I'd say that's when I knew that baseball was a more – it was more of my favorite sport anyway. So that's when I became better, I guess. So, you know, all the athletes we bring on, I mean, especially, you know, our, our baseball – guys they talk about travel ball and i'm always interested because a lot of them end up going you know hey i played multiple sports as a kid but i ended up you know as i got into travel ball it really you know took my my time and attention away and i just focus on that one sport of baseball now with you being good at three sports and and was travel baseball something that you were late doing or did you come out of the gate doing travel ball and you stuck with it because i know you know you were with uh ed ed easley and the ebc crew um i'm just curious to know if if that was something you started because i know they have teams you know young teams in all the way up to 17 and and under so my, my question i guess is at what point did you play travel ball and was it the extent that you wanted to play it even though you had other sports that you were playing as well uh i think i think i play started playing travel ball when i was eight um in texas before i moved and then um i don't i don't remember how much how much uh we played but uh it was a good bit i played a little basketball like aau too um but yeah, no, I played a lot of travel ball from like eight years, eight, eight when I was eight, and then all the way up. I think. Daniel, could you imagine? Um, you know, with with your daughter, say she had played three sports and she was playing travel baseball. Could you imagine the amount of commute? I don't even want want to imagine that or the amount of money. <laughs> well, we know the money aspect, but I was just thinking about the time and the, and yeah. the amount of time you driving around. Yeah, I mean, it It seems like, but I mean, that might be a good thing, you know, and Grayson, you're, you're a perfect guy to ask. I mean, it seems like with the level of talent that you had and the teams that you're playing for and the amount of sports that you're playing, it almost seems like a year-round endeavor where every weekend something's happening. Right, yeah, that's exactly how it was. And it's probably good. I mean, it keeps you out of trouble, keeps you busy, keeps you motivated, but more more importantly, it keeps you playing at high levels. 
Um, obviously, you you talk about the transition from Texas down down to the Memphis area. Um, you you spend time, you know, travel ball in Texas, and then you get picked up by EBC, and then you know, with that, you follow the progression, you know, through EBC, but you're also getting ready now to to go into high school. What high school did you attend? Uh, I was at a private school called Evangelical Christian School from fourth grade to my sophomore year. And then after sophomore year, which is COVID, I transferred to Carville High School. So let me ask you this. What, you know, outside of COVID, what was the big reason for the transfer? Was it you wanted a different opportunity? Would, did you just, you know, want to get into public school? Because, you know, ECS is, is a private school and, and Collierville is not, even though like, might they probably, <laughs> yeah, it might as well be. But um, I say all that because what, what was the reason for the transition of school? Uh, I think I was honestly, uh, I think I saw the opportunity of like better baseball competition at Carville and the team that they played and uh, in terms of the program, just I wanted to be pushed a little bit more, and it was the, the Carville program was going to push me a little bit more and prepare me better for college. So that's what the main main reason was. So tell me a little bit. Obviously, you you go there, you go to Carville looking for a push, and you end up seeing some success. What are some of those successes that you saw um, with that move from ECS to Collierville? Um, I'd say. Gosh, I definitely think the competition, uh, the teams that we played was much better and it kind of forced me to, I guess, go into another level and uh, work a little bit harder, I guess, than I had been for sure. You, you work a little bit harder, but you inevitably and, you know, most people, if they play baseball at the, the highest levels like you did, you're, you're going to come across some injuries. Talk to me a little bit about um, high school and Collierville and, and injury and, and trying to come back from that. What was the injury and, and what did you, how did it happen? Yeah. So I had a, a little latch strain um, going into senior year. Um, and I think really it just came from doing too much, trying to do too much um, too soon. And it was a minor injury, but it, it took, uh, it took a while to come back from. Um, so, you know, it, it was kind of tough mentally because I, I like I had never really been injured before. So like mentally, it was kind of tough. Uh, and I missed like the first month of the season around that. Um, so not a great start to the senior season. But, um, you know, it also taught me like a little bit about like pushing through um, and timing and stuff like that. And um, so I just had to work hard to get back and got back and ended up having a great season. So. so, you know, obviously, you know, a little bit of, of, you know, adversity, you know, is good. I mean, especially, you know, considering, you know, that's happening, you know, relatively early in your career and now you're in college, I guess it's a good precursor and a good, you know, kind of test to see what you're, what's in store for you, but also to kind of, put you in a position where you can overcome things because that's probably going to be the name of the game for all athletes at, 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 
the SEC that's what I was level. Say to you, that's what I'm going to say to you, Daniel. You know, you think about it, whether it's Hagen last night or all the first six seasons, um, you know, the most successful guys across the board went through some type of adversity, whether it was injury or they had to start at a JUCO route or something. They, you know, very rarely, other than Dylan Cruz maybe, did, you know, they not have to go through some type of adversity. Right. Yeah, it, it's it's just – I think it's part of the game, and I think the – how you handle adversity is just as important as how you handle success. So, um, you know, Grayson, as, as we're doing our, our research, we're coming across bios and, and profiles. I mean, obviously there's a ton of stuff out there on you, but the write-up for you, you're six, four, you're one ninety, you're a right-handed pitcher. You throw four seam fastball, circle change up curveball and slider. From a, a three-quarter arm slot, you got loose and 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 receptible delivery. Your all your pitches are considered quality pitches with uh, potential to get um, better as your size, you know, increases, but also as you hone in on the mechanics. So to me, you know, it sounds like you got a full arsenal. At what point during travel ball in high school did you realize, oh man, like? This is something special. Not every guy has these tools. I'd say, um, I'd say sophomore, like into sophomore year, like first, uh, first time I pitched for summer ball. Um, I think I was like up to like 91 and just everything felt good coming out of my hands. Um, so I think it was when I started throwing three pitches and then so that, that that's that summer. Um, I had a really good summer and I thought that maybe uh, I could go pretty far in baseball because um, that's I think right after that I committed to Ole Miss um, and it started becoming like really real for me. Um, so I'd say right about then. Well, but before, you know, that commit, obviously you get drafted in the 19th round by the Rangers, which, I mean, shout out to you, man. That's an accomplishment that not a lot of people can say. Um, you know, that's a that's a big deal. Um, you know, you had teams, you know, recruiting you, obviously, besides mm -hmm. Ole Miss, especially if you're a, a, a pro prospect. Before. If you move Ole Miss to the side, what were the other contenders that, you know, were piquing your interest as far as college? Uh, Tennessee, uh, Kentucky. Um, I think I think it was the, I think it was those three, Tennessee, Kentucky and Ole Miss. Those were the, like, the big three for me. So the, the the big the big question is why why Ole Miss? Why not? another school why not um going pro like wh why Ole Miss uh Ole Miss just made it just made so much sense to me um you know I was such a big fan uh, of, of them and the team um you know when I first got to Memphis I uh, went to like a game when I was like really young uh, and saw them play I thought it was really cool it was only it's only an hour away from uh, so that's good for my parents to be be here. You know, the, the coaching staff is is tremendous. Coach B, Coach Laugh, Coach Clem, Coach Cleary, Cleary, they're all, you know, great coaches um, with a lot of wisdom and a lot of experience. Um, and they win, you know. 
And that, that's one of the main reasons that I wanted to come is because I wanted to win. I wanted a you know, chance for a national title um, and thought I could do that best here. Uh, and also, you know, they have great track record of producing um, draft, um, draft picks for arms. So I thought, why not go there and develop? And, uh, you know, hopefully I'll be able to I'll get drafted um, for my time here. But that's just according to God's plan. We'll see what happens. But that was that. That was it. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, it is a school um, where winning um, is a priority and, you know, a regular thing. But I think you said something that was very important. Um, you know, when you look, especially just recently, when you look at uh, Nikhazy and Gunner and Broadway and then last year with Delusia and, and the other guys at Brandon Johnson, I mean, yeah, they're they're putting out arms into the big leagues and getting drafted high. So obviously the, the developmental side of it, um, I don't think uh, you made a bad choice by no means. So with that, you get to Oxford. What are the emotions like, man? Are you more nervous or are you more excited? I'm more excited. Uh, I mean, there's definitely going to be some nerves, you know, the first time pitching, but I'm more excited just to get out there and uh, get out there and go compete and uh, see what I'm made of and just compete against the best in the country. That's, that's, that's what I'm excited for. No doubt. So a fun question we always want to know, man, uh, you know, who did you get for roommates? Uh, I actually, uh, his name's Patrick Galley. Uh, we met at, um, I think it's East Coast Tri East Coast Pro tryout, and then we both made that team. And then we he was just like, "You want a room?" And I was like, "You know, why not? I don't care. It's, sounds great." So, so how did you how did you manage to only get one? Because most Ole Miss guys we talk to, they always have like a room of like four. Well, we're since I'm a freshman, we have to stay in the dorms, so it's only two to a room. Uh, uh, and then I'll move out next year probably and go get like an apartment or something like that and i'll have like two other roommates or something like that i think that makes sense i think i think hunter elliott is the only freshman that we interviewed and we didn't i didn't ask him that question so that makes sense because all the other guys talked about all the guys in the room all right so i'm tracking so you know i'm at uh one of the fall ball games and uh, me and dylan delusia were hanging out that's my boy um and he he mentioned something to me as you go to take the mound. He goes, man, that is so weird seeing someone wearing the number 25 take the bump. So with that, I got to ask, man, a bold move when you take the number of the captain, right? Like they want they want to snap <laughs> outside and you're going to wear 25. What made you choose 25? Uh, funny story. I actually accidentally picked the number. Um, they sent out you know, give us your top three number choices for the year. We'll try and make it happen. And uh, I wanted nine or 10. And then um, I actually didn't know that his number was number 25. I thought it was like 26, 27 or something like that. I wasn't keeping up that close with all the numbers of the guys on the team. And uh, so I was like, I don't know. Let's pick like 25. Let's put that one as like my backup backup. And I just, I had no clue. Uh, and then I come in, I don't remember what day it was, and they had the numbers on our lockers. And I was like, okay, 25, that's cool. And then everyone was like, you're 25, you know what that means. And they're like, that's a lot of weight. That's a lot of weight to carry. And I'm like, oh, shoot, that was Elko's number. <laughs> uh, and so I kind of realized it after that. And uh, But, yeah, no, it's – it's a big, big honor to be wearing that number for sure. Definitely after the legacy he left. Um, 
So yeah, I'm definitely definitely honored to be wearing that. Yeah, you definitely you're definitely gonna have a certain set of expectations. I th- like I said, I think what Dylan said was probably the weirdest part about it because you're used to seeing him stationed at, at first base, and so to see see 25 toe the rubber is a little bit different. But I will tell you this: as far as like taking numbers and having success, Hunter Elliott took 26 on purpose because Nikhazy wore it. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you see how uh, Hunter Elliott did. So you know, mm-hmm. you do the same thing. You you know, exactly. be the yes, man sir. like that though. But yes, uh. Sir. So, like I said, we were uh, – I was at a lot of the fall games, man, and, and got to watch you pitch. You looked really good. And, um, obviously, you've been seeing a lot of people um, talking. Big expectations coming from you. But, you know, um, with that, you know, you got to always have room for improvement. And you talked about the development you've had. Coming in from what you've seen in the fall, what is the one thing you feel like you need to improve upon right now? Uh, I think pitching wise, just being just being sharper um, and really being able to command the zone um, with all four pitches um, on both sides of the plate. I think I had um, sometimes this fall I would have a little bit of command issues. Um, so I just think that just keep working on my command and making sure I have all four pitches working I'm, for me. I'm a, like I said, I, I've watched you pitch a few times. Uh, didn't look like you had any command issues in the ones I watched. Maybe I got lucky. But, uh, you know, so you come to the defending national champions, you know, for a freshman, what's that like, that feeling like coming into a national championship program? And then, you know, what's it like to pick the brain of the veterans who are remaining um, from this team? Uh, it's it's definitely it's definitely awesome getting to talk to like Jack Doherty and Hunter Elliott and guys like that. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, they have so much knowledge um, about pitching um and mindset and stuff like that and um, it's been it's been great getting to talk to them and learn from them um because they're you know they're the best um as as well as well the other guys from the team you know especially the guys that were on the team last year that won it uh i think it's really cool that they get to you know be a part of uh, being on the team with those guys this year so yeah no doubt and there's one i want to ask you about in particular um i have a different show that we do it's called uh friends or foes, but, you know, we had, uh, we had Elko, Brandon Johnson and Delush on, and, um, you know, a lot of people wanted me to ask Elko about Garrett Wood. And, you know, he said, you know, obviously y'all as players pick the captain. And so with that, Garrett Wood was selected by his peers. And so you coming in as a freshman, you know, what is it, you know, that you've seen so far from Garrett that just makes him special um, from a leadership standpoint? Man, Garrett, G Wood, we call him G Wood. He's he's uh he's probably my favorite guy on the team, man. He uh he is just he comes in every day, smile on his face. He's the same guy, um, very encouraging. Um, especially you know to me being a freshman, especially to us as the freshman group coming in, he's been very encouraging. Um, and you know he's he's a great motivator. Um, just an overall great guy. Uh, there's. No one I would rather have as the captain for sure um, this year. So Jewett deserves it, no doubt. Yeah, and I I expected that answer. Being we had a uh, forty guests on last season, and we did a vote um, on the social medias uh, of who had the most outstanding character of all the athletes we interviewed, and um, Garrett won. And he actually, uh, when it got down to the final four, he won on a landslide. So. A lot of people just think really highly of Garrett. I'm, I may even have to do the favor he asked me for. He asked me to help him out with Grizzlies tickets. I was like, ah, I'll think about it. You know, you're an old Miss guy. I'm an LSU guy. But being that everybody thinks he's the best guy in the world, I may just have to do it. Um, 
so outside of yourself, you obviously brought up Jack, daughter. Everybody knows everybody knows Hunter Elliott. Tell us who on the Ole Miss pitching staff outside of you and those guys. Um, maybe guys that that people don't even know um, need to be on the lookout for. Um, let's say Xavier Rivas, big time, big time lefty. Um, he's he's a transfer from junior college. He's really good, really good stuff. Um, Tommy Henniger is kind of a almost sidearm type thrower. Um, he's just wicked. Uh, hell, he's going to be fun to watch. Um, Mason Nichols, no doubt. Uh, I'm sure you know, I know you know Mason. He's 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 been really fun to be around. Um, pick his brain. He's really smart. So he's he's got some great electric stuff. Uh, trying to think. There's a lot. That's things. Everybody's good. Um, hey, that that's a yeah, that's a good thing, right? And and you brought up Mason. I think one of my favorite parts about living in North Mississippi. Um, you know, I got to see Mason and Riley Maddox and Hunter Elliott pitch in high school games. And so I knew what Ole Miss was getting before they got there. And I knew those dudes were absolute studs. And so, um, yeah, that's really cool. And I, and so everybody that you said um, I agree with or I've, you know, read about or seen some in the fall. So I just wanted those who maybe haven't been there, um, who listened to our show, to know some guys to be on the lookout for that maybe they haven't seen seen yet um you know from a hitting standpoint uh, i'm gonna ask a fun question for you um you know kemp kemp rightfully so is getting a lot of hype give yeah. me i'm gonna put you on the spot give me a prediction right now how many home runs uh i definitely think i've said it this fall i think it's gonna be 20 or more 20 or more uh, yeah. I, I can absolutely see it we're gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna give him i'm just gonna do it right now I'm going to go 24. Let's say that's a nice round number. We'll go with 24. That's a good listener right there. All yeah. right. So last question, and then, I, you know, I'll let you off here and let uh, let Daniel play a game with you. You know, I went to uh, Alex Box last year, watched Ole Miss sweep, worked my team over, absolutely just do it. And <laughs> outside of a Dylan Cruz home run um, on Friday night in the first inning, um, absolutely were on the, the whole weekend. And so with that, um, I just want to know, are you ready? Because my my Bayou Bengals are going to come to Swayze ready for a little redemption. And and you as a pitcher in that batting lineup, I just, I just want to make sure you're ready, Grayson, for what's coming. Yes, sir. Of course. Of course we're ready. Uh, if anyone tells you they're not ready, then you know, I don't really <laughs> think that's a great mindset. I just, I just want to ma- I just want to make sure you know, because I, I, I personally, uh, well, we've obviously had them on to talk about it, but personally talk to them. That that's a that is a circled series for them because last year they and I even I arrogantly thought you know because Ole Miss was going through struggles that was when Ole Miss turned it around it was that series uh, I went down there that series thing LSU gonna make easy work and then man like I said just railroaded us and I was like oof and they that that stung for them I don't I don't know if you saw what they did to Vandy the next weekend it showed that they took it personally how bad Ole Miss beat them because then they took it out on Vandy so they're gonna, be, they're gonna be looking to come to Swayze with a little redemption no doubt yeah no I mean they're obviously the talk of you know this season um they have a they got a lot of transfers coming in and they have a really really good lineup uh, a lot of good pitchers so it's gonna be fun, um, but no, I'm just I'm just ready to go compete, and um, it'd be it'd be fun. Well, Grayson, we are expecting big things out of the Ole Miss baseball team this year. Um, 
And like I always say, you're the champions until somebody beats you. So no doubt. You 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 have the opportunity to be a part of something and and, and really, you know, the expectations are are Omaha for sure. And given that you've those guys have had a taste of what it's like to be on the top of the mountain. And you know that now that you're on the top, you're the target, right? Exactly. No doubt. Well, we, we wish you the best, man. But before we let you run, we got to play a game, man. You down to Let's play a do little it. game? All yes, right. Sir. This is the Chinook Cedary this or that game. All right. This is Carpe Diem. We're going to seeds the day and we're going to play this or that, man. I'm going to give you a question. It's going to give you two options. All you got to do, Grayson, is pick one option or the other. Can't say both, can't say neither. You ready? Yes, sir. All right, softball-style question coming up. Android or iPhone? iPhone. Yeah, I mean, is, is there any other answer to that? I, I just, yeah, I, that's I, I, don't, I don't get Android users. And and I, <laughs> as you can see, Android is, is not one of our sponsors. You know, but <laughs> it, it ha if they were, I would completely flip that question and be okay with Android. Exactly. So, um, Memphis guy, obviously, you know a little bit about barbecue. You know a little bit about Huey's, two staple restaurants, Central Barbecue and Huey's in the Memphis area. Which one of those, if you had to pick one, which one are you picking? Central Huey's. Barbecue, Huey's. All right. All right. Yes, what, what What's your go-to meal at Huey's? Uh, there's this club sandwich that they have there that's just it, it's really good and i don't really like clubs but it's it's really good it's in my top three daniel i either get the club the sunshine burger or the steak on the stick so i'm with grayson steak jim, on the stick's good too it's hard to top both of those jim gets the club and he's not even a member i don't know how he does it <laughs> all right now now we're getting in into the big time questions all right because you know, I believe this question, if you ask the right people, could be a really, really heated debate. PlayStation or Xbox? Uh, well, I don't play video games, but if I had to pick one, I'd go with PlayStation. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know which one I'd pick. I feel like, I feel like I'm an Xbox person. Mm -hmm. You don't, don't play why. video games either, though, so you can relate. No. Yeah, I, I just... I, I still have play some... regular Nintendo, bro, so it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's do that. No, PlayStation's definitely superior in that category. Gotcha. All right. What is the better feeling? Obviously, um, you're a pitcher. You want to strike folks out. You got an arsenal of pitches, but if you had to pick a way to strike someone out, which feels better, off speed or fastball? Fastball. Yeah, just blowing it by them. Like, there's nothing more like prideful than when you throw a fastball by somebody because it's like you're challenging them right then and there like exactly it's a great feeling great feeling exactly. all right so we talked about music earlier you know during you know the the intro and the icebreaker you talked about morgan wallen but i gotta ask all right if given the opportunity to attend one of the following a bucket list concert or a bucket list sporting event. Which one of those would you choose? Bucket list sporting event. All right. So, what's the sporting event? Where? What? What is it? Uh, World Series, no doubt. World Series. Who's playing? 
If I had to pick um, Red Sox versus Dodgers. Are you a Red Sox fan? I sure am. Yes, sir. Right. You knew because he led with it. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't get it. How can this Texas guy from the Dallas area like the commanders, but also like the Red Sox? Fascinating. You're no, that's weird. To be in the mind of Grayson, man, <laughs> the, the wheels are spinning, man. Yeah, I just like the colors. I like the red, uh, the red and the navy. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of just stood out. The green monster, everything about it, at least tells you. Out. At least tells you like the Grizzlies being from the Moose area. I actually, uh, I I like them, but I'm, I'm not. That's not my team. You, no. you know, Steph Curry's his guy. He says so. Steph Curry's guy, but it didn't, say, was, it didn't necessarily oh. mean Warriors were his were his team. Man, Golden he's State's really all over the map team. now. So we yeah. got DC, Golden State, Boston. Yeah, great, Grayson. I got a question. How much do they charge for tickets on that bandwagon for all those teams? <laughs> really funny. Uh, I don't know, but I'm not a bandwagon though. Uh, he's I'm not teasing. a bandwagon. He's teasing. Uh, I'm kidding, man. Uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 kind of just the product of the area or the the era. I mean that's really the reason why I was a Cowboys fan. My dad had a lot to do with it, but it doesn't hurt that when you're getting into the sport, they're the best team in America. So, um, you know, it it, it definitely I, I feel you when it comes to that. Um, next question. When you're on the mound, would you rather be feared or respected? Well, that's a tough one right there. Feared or respected? I gotta say feared for sure. Not yeah, I, th- I think you're gonna garner respect if you're feared. Obviously, yeah, if you play the yeah, you play the game the right way, and you go out there and you you shove like you're gonna like you're gonna garner respect for sure. Exactly. Uh, now we're gonna step it up another level. These are the, the 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 hardest questions. Would you rather be attacked by a tiger or a grizzly bear? So let's say you feel like you have the opportunity to survive or get away or manhandle or just fend off one of these beasts <laughs> which one would you rather be attacked by tiger or grizzly bear uh rather be attacked by um really neither but gosh i guess a tiger i don't know i have to say tiger i thought about this today daniel i feel like that's the right choice because even though the tiger you know it is what it is, but like, because you said, you know, wrestle. Like, I'm thinking, like, a grizzly bear is huge. Like, at least a tiger, maybe, you know, he's six four. He's got a long wingspan. Maybe he can maneuver, get the choke hold on. You know what I'm saying? Here's the deal. I do not want to stake my success against one of these animals, <laughs> against one that can do their damage in the dark. Nah, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get beat, but if I had to pick, it's got to be grizzly bear because I've seen people yell at bears and they run away. So that that might that might 
<laughs> be the first option that I choose, but I definitely would take on the grizzly bear if I had to choose. Didn't think about that. Yeah, that's fun. I don't know. All right. So no technology for a week. That's including your phone. Or you can't take a shower for a week. Uh, I'd say. Uh, no, no technology for a week. I'd rather smell good and feel clean and be clean. And which which do you think would be, which do you think would be harder? Should I think it'd be harder? Probably. Yeah. You know, no technology for sure. That'd probably be harder. Yeah, I don't know. I think I could give it up for a week. But yeah, Coach B. I think I could hold him, and he's got no phone. Wow. It's, I don't know. It, it's, I guess I don't know with with the the digital age, like social media, like it's really like it's more to social media and your phone than just scrolling. It's like right. the way that you communicate, you know. So, not having any communication as opposed to not taking a shower that's that's a that's tough. That's that's a good question. Yeah, that's I mean, a good you, question. Better, better step up your social game if you're going to get rid of your phone. All right. Last question. All right. Would you rather betray your best friend or go to jail for a crime that you didn't commit? Go to jail for a crime I didn't commit. I you know if I could betray my best friend. You are crazy. Daniel, I'm Jim, turning you Jim, Jim is my, my best friend. It depends, I don't know. Jim, Jim is, look, Grayson, Jim is my best friend. And if jail was presented, I would take that knife and stab it so hard in his back. <laughs> it, it, would, it wouldn't even be a thought. Because I'm not going to jail. Just not. Okay. Not doing it. It depends on if it's like life in prison or I don't know. That's that's tough. It's a tough you question. You don't, Daniel. Matter, I don't man. want to do seventy-two hours. It don't matter. <laughs> no matter. I mean, I I would stick the knife in and I would twist it. That, that, sorry, dude, but I ain't going to jail. Grayson, man, it's it's been a blast, dude. We got to know you a little bit. Uh, got your story, man. It's a it's a big season, man. Uh, I think you know. Jim's been at some of the fall games. He's got to see you, you know, live, do your thing. And, dude, we wish you nothing but the best. But before you bounce out of here, anything you want to plug or promote? Uh, no, just just want to thank, you know, my you know, my parents, um, my family, and just for all the support they've given me throughout the years and uh, for the continual, their continual support. So they're, uh, they're the reason I'm here, and I appreciate them. So. That's a that's a solid shout out for sure, man. But I'll, I'll help you out because people want to know. They hit us up all the time. Like, how how do I follow these guys? How do I know when they're playing? How do I stay connected? So I'm gonna let everybody know. You go on over to Instagram and you go to Grayson underscore Sonye nine. Type all that in, and you'll see what he's doing on a random Tuesday or clips of him on the podcast and him sharing out the podcast on a Wednesday. <laughs> um, you might even get to see him eating breakfast on Friday. Who knows? I mean, it, it could be anything on that Instagram. Or if you want to see him 
on the diamond doing his thing blowing gas by folks go on over to at old miss bsb you'll see everything old miss baseball you'll get to see the games you'll get to see the schedule and you'll get all the deets on all the games and the upcoming notes and just everything that you can think of in regards to old miss baseball grayson dude man we wish you nothing but the best hey Hopefully a repeat performance of last year for, for the Ole Miss squad. And, and hopefully we'll bring it back on and we'll, we'll talk SEC. We'll talk, who knows, Omaha and another championship, dude. No doubt. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. That's Grayson Sonye, everybody. We're going to take a break, Jim. I'm going to throw a little curveball at you because we're not going to leave this week without talking about NFL playoffs. So, when we come back, we got some headlines for you. Welcome back to the In Off the Bench podcast. We've got headlines. And really, it's not really headlines because there's only one thing on our mind, and that's NFL playoffs. That's what's at stake. That's what's going on this weekend. You've got several matchups, quality matchups uh, from the NFC. you got you know, just kind of give you the rundown, Jim. Saturday at 4.30, you got Seahawks at the Niners. Sunday at 4.30, you got the Giants at the Vikings. Monday night at Tampa, you got the Cowboys taking on the Bucks. The Which Eagles, obviously, with the back. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be there. I got a, I got a couple of tickets. Shout out to my, my boy Bobby Carney for, for hooking it up. So um i'll be there um ready to 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 possibly you know I, I just thought about this today this could possibly be tom brady's last game as a buck i think it should probably be when you look at how this season goes obviously it wasn't because of anything wrong with him physically but when you just look at how it went in general um man i just what if next year it gets worse and you all we always talk about it when you don't see these guys go out on top? Like I would have obviously left after he got that that last Super Bowl, but like you, if you're Tom Brady, if you risk going out there, you you already had a tough season this year. You risk even if you have a change of scenery, possibly you know doing what we've seen a bunch of other guys do, and then it just kind of fall apart, and you kind of just wish you would have walked away on top. Yeah, I just. I don't I don't know. I, I I don't foresee it it happening like that. I think if he's got good receivers and a good offensive line, he'll he'll be successful. Um but there's been a lot of injuries. I mean, the offensive line's been decimated for the box. He's had receivers come and go. I mean, obviously he's got a pretty healthy, stable receivers right now, but it's it's been, you know, that's been the plague in, in Tampa Bay this season. And new coach, new transition, um, all those things factor in on top of the fact that you throw in Brady's personal issues. And I, I don't care who you are, how, you know, um, in tune to the game you are and how intense you can be like that stuff matters and it, it can affect you. But I don't, I don't want to harp too much on Tom Brady. Cause I want to, I want to break this down, man. I want to, I want to get into this. Let's, let's start. Well, actually I'll give you, I'll give you the AFC rundown. So we're, so we're, we're set. You got the dolphins Sunday at one at the bills. You got the Ravens 
at the Bengals Sunday, 8.15. You got the Chargers at the Jags Sunday or Saturday at 8.15 with the Chiefs getting a bye. So, Jim, I'll toss it up to you, man. Do you want to start with the NFC or the AFC? Uh, we'll start with the NFC. All right, so NFC. Seahawks, the seventh seed, going to San Francisco, the two seed. Um, Geno Smith, Brock Purdy. Um, the Seahawks have, have maybe been a little bit of a surprise. I mean, they were um, started off pretty strong, kind of, you know, fell by the wayside a little bit, but ended up getting into the playoffs. They're taking on a 49ers team who it's just interesting with them. They um, went from being the team to beat, then with injuries, not knowing who they are, but figured out how to win. And now here they are with Brock Purdy, and they're sitting at a two seed. And, and Brock's 5-0. Brock, and, oh. and in some instances, they're the favorites uh, to come out of the NFC to go to the Super Bowl. Um, I know you've been big on the 49ers, but I'll ask you, if you're looking at this game, who's winning and why? I think it's going to be San Francisco, but not because of, of Brock Purdy or that offense. I think it's going to be that defense, and specifically um, the front seven. They're going to they're going to attack, and they're going to come after Geno. And as as good as Geno's been this year, um, you know, Geno's never gotten to the playoffs and been on playing a game like this. Um, you know, obviously it's going to be on the road. And so I just I really think that defense is going to get after them, and it's and it's not a knock on on Geno or that offense. I just think San Francisco is going to overwhelm them. But I will say this on the Seattle note, um, because you just you know talked about their season as a whole. Um, usually um, we don't believe in like more victories and silver lining, but the Seahawks were supposed to suck, and they lost Russell Wilson. Well, they made the playoffs, and the Broncos were atrocious. So. I applaud the Seahawks because they were supposed to hit the the bottom of the barrel and they found their way into the playoffs. And even if it ends in a first-round exit to San Francisco, I think they can hold their heads high because um, they weren't supposed to be any good. Well, let me ask you this, Jim. Um, the last time these two teams met, uh, the Niners won 21-13. This was a Thursday night game, so it's a little bit different coming off a, a, a short week and going into the game. Um, but is there a scenario that you see that Seattle can muck this up enough to be in the game and, and possibly win it? Yeah, I mean, if if Kenneth Walker um, can get the ground game going and, and get running, um, then, yeah, Seattle's defense, though, I just don't know if they're good enough to muck it up. Because I told you I thought San Francisco would win because they're defense, but if you're going to talk about it from that perspective – I just I don't know that Seattle's defense can do their their part. I can see the offense doing it, having ball control if they're able to run the game or run the ball successfully. Geno's able to make, you know, um, some short throws, keep the chains moving. That aspect, but um, man, I just I just I, I really can't see it. Like I said, and it's not anything personal against the Seahawks. I just I just think the Niners are just that much better of a team. So the, the the two meetings they had um earlier in early in the season, Niners twenty seven seven. Um obviously, like I said, later in the season, Niners twenty one thirteen. Interesting um, that the closer game was 
after Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, so, I mean, my question to you, obviously we talk about in how difficult it is, you know, especially in, in basketball and in, in, in baseball as well. The more te- times you play a team, the harder it is to beat them. Given that San Francisco has played you know, these guys twice now, one game wasn't close, the other game was close, and now we're in a playoff game with, you know, a rookie quarterback, um, pressure, different stakes. That's the mucking it up that I think that Seattle can do to the Niners is just really go, all right, my coach has been here multiple times. All right. My quarterback is a veteran. Um, the pressure is not going to be too much. We're on the road. The expectation of us to win isn't like it should be because re- the reality is, is we've won already. We've exceeded all expectations of what we could be. That's the mucking it up that I think Seattle could could do and win the game. So I'll ask you, man. I I, I, I talked to, to Randy he sent me over his picks. Randy is is adamant that that there's there's no mucking it up that's going to happen, and the Niners are are, are going to take this game. So I'll ask you who who you got. I got the Forty Niners. Forty Niners. What's the score? Um, Thirty to seventeen. Thirty. That's. That's not a bad score. So it ain't gonna be Georgia TCU, bro. No, 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 no. <laughs> I I think this game is gonna be much closer than anticipated. And I think the Seahawks are gonna win this game. Really? And I do. And I think that this stage is gonna be a little different. And I think you might see the 49ers young QB struggle. And I'm, I think you're going to see why, uh, you know, Gino is a veteran, a trusted veteran, and, and the reason why they're calling on him to lead this team. So give me Seattle and a close one. Um, it's not going to be, it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be real ugly, but Seattle's going to take. Moving on, Giants at the Vikings. Um, these two teams met earlier in the season, and it took a 61-yard field goal um, for the Vikings to, to do it um, as time expired. The Vikings are an atrocious defensive team. They cannot stop the run. The Giants have you know, a good running back. So my question to you, does it in in the Vikings case, does it really matter if their defense can stop the run when they can yeah, put up the points the way they do? Yeah, because their offense hasn't been putting up the points. This this is probably the hardest game of the whole slate for me to pick because Minnesota just hasn't looked very good recently. Um so it's hard for me to just feel confident in picking them. Um, obviously, the Giants aren't world beaters, but like you said, their strength is Minnesota's weakness. 
Um, you know, Minnesota playing where they do, they don't really, I mean, it'll be loud, but you know, when we talk about like weather and stuff like that, there isn't going to be that. Um, and Kirk Cousins is notorious for just not being big time. Um, you know, I think the only time he managed to show up big time was with the Minnesota Miracle against my Saints outside of that. Um, he, he ain't never had it. Um, so I mean, it's, it's a tough one for me, man. I, I feel like you were talking about how Seattle could could muddy this thing up. If the Giants can have time of possession and keep it the Minnesota offense on the sideline, uh, I think it's a real problem. All right, I want you to visualize something real quick. Close your eyes. Let's 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 do a little exercise. I want you to picture this. Picture you're standing in the end zone and you're looking across the field and down on the other side of the field is the Vikings offense. They're getting ready to punch the ball in the zone. And Kirk Cousins trots out there, stands behind center, and he brings the crowd to a, a, a hush. And then all of a sudden, he starts doing the skull. Starts off slow, <laughs> then speeds up, and then faster, and faster, and faster. And he snaps the ball. Lays one up for Jefferson. Jefferson catches a touchdown. And that's how the game starts. <laughs> and that's how it continues. The Vikings are going to run away with this game. Mm. Kirk mm. Cousins. They've just, been, they've just been shaving points these last yeah. few weeks. Yep. They, they've, they've known what we have known is that their division was some poopy. And they've just been buying some time. But Dalvin's going to have a good game. Jefferson's going to have a good game. Kirk Cousins is going to have an unbelievable game. Adam Thielen is actually going to have a monster game. A monster game. And they're going to win the game. Give me, give, give me the Minnesota Vikings. I'm, I'm going to take them as well, but only because you had me picture Justin Jefferson. And I love the guy so much. but. If you wouldn't have, if you wouldn't have actually took me down that road and had me close my eyes, I probably wouldn't have done it. I probably because I was gonna I was already ready to pick the Giants, but now I'm just picturing Jefferson catching touchdowns, hitting the gritty. Yeah, that's right. Get used to it. There's gonna be a lot of gritty going on. Um, you know when when Randy and I talked, you know a lot of the same things are were discussed, but he he's. He's going Giants. He he couldn't get past the defensive or the lack of defense that the Vikings show. Did you have him close his eyes and visualize? I didn't because I, I knew that, that that exercise is one that you prescriptively use for people. And I knew that's what you needed to kind of <laughs> see the light here. Randy wasn't wasn't gonna have that. Either. I was because I, I I'm I'm not lying to you. I was gonna pick the Giants until that exercise. Hey, hey that's that's what I do. All right, big let's, let's, the 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 big one. Uh, Monday night, eight fifteen, Raymond James Stadium. I'll be there, and I am going to have fun regardless of what happens. But what I think is going to happen is that the Dallas Cowboys are going to show up ready to play. I think the game is going to be close. I think the Dallas defense is going to play well. I think 
Um, Dak um, will be not inconsistent. He'll be much better and much more consistent. I don't think he's going to be great. Um, but the way the Bucks are playing as of late, I don't think he has to be great to win. He's just got to be good, and he can't throw multiple interceptions. He just, just can't. Um, with that being said, I could easily see Tom Brady going out and, you know, being the, the general down the field and, and leading those guys on these long 13, 14 play drives, just eating up clock and really taking the ball out of the Cowboys hands. I mean, you gotta, you gotta dial up the pressure because, um, both games he threw a tantrum were the Saints and the Panthers. Um, obviously both blew a 16-3 lead in the fourth quarter, but for three and a half quarters, both teams um were just absolutely smacking them down in the backfield. And you know how Tom gets. And so um Dallas has the personnel to do that. And so they need to get back there and they need to rough him up and ruffle his feathers and get him off his game. So with that, the key will be to hopefully not make the mistake that New Orleans and Carolina made, which Dallas is a much better team than either of them, and give it to where Tom Brady has a final drive to to beat you. Um, but I think our boy from the University of Memphis, he's been making an imprint all year. I think Tony Pollard makes a major imprint on this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I he was hurt in last, like, so two weeks ago, her last week coming back from injury, you could tell it wasn't really himself. I'm hoping that, you know, uh, a limited game last week and a week of rest with an extra day before they play um, helps, um, you know. But, yeah, I, I think if he has a big day, they usually have a good day. Um but Jim, let me um let me let me set up this other this next exercise for you. I, I, obviously, <laughs> if, you if you're gonna hypnotize me all, then we're gonna be here all night. No, no, it's it's no hypnotism. This is a a thinking. We're gonna we're gonna think through the process. That's what I like to call this. Before you make a pick, I want you to think about something. Remember the Super Bowl where the Falcons just completely imploded. Absolutely. Who were they playing? New England Patriots. Who was the quarterback for the New England Patriots? Tom Brady. Okay. Dallas Cowboys. Who is the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, well, I know his name. You're going to have to enlighten me. Dan Quinn. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Dan Quinn was the head coach for what Atlanta. So when we talk about the pressure that they need to put on Tom Brady, do you not think that Dan Quinn wants this game against this guy in this particular moment more than anybody on earth? Absolutely. He's going to be ready. This is this is what we call the road to redemption. I, I actually I actually think Daniel man look because I mean I've watched Tampa full game uh, minus last week I didn't watch last week because last they were playing for nothing um, as was Atlanta so it wasn't worth it but I watched the previous three weeks 
and they just haven't looked good. And I understand Dallas has has had its own struggles, but but Tampa has been like that all year. Whereas Dallas, you've seen flashes of greatness to where you believe they could go to the Super Bowl. I just, I'm telling you, I, I'm I'm picking Dallas by like. I'm not. I don't know how many exact score off mine, but I think they win by like ten. I don't even think it's like a three or seven. I think they win by like a ten ten spot. Right. I, I'll take it. So you're taking Cowboys. I'm taking Cowboys. Who do you think Randy took? Um. I mean, he's gonna go with TB12 every time. He didn't. He's taking the boys. Them boys. So, I mean, it's it's, it's good. I, I think of these three games, which game do you think is – what do you think the best game is going to be? I think it's going to be the Giants at Minnesota, the one that you think is going to be a runaway. Yeah, which game do you think is going to be the – the once again, I'm gonna go San Francisco, Seattle, where you pick Seattle, and I think San Francisco. Yeah, I, I think multi multi score. Yeah, I, you're right. I I think I don't know. I'm gonna be at Monday's game, so like by default, like I'm watching that game. Plus, it's my team, so I kind of take that one out of the equation, and I look at the next two and go, all right. Well, of those two games, which is the one. I, I think it's the the Seahawks and the Niners. I just I'm interested to see what happens. And you know what's know huge. So you know, Gino already this year, um, playing for a contract. If he can go win a playoff game, you know how much money that dude's gonna make himself. Oh, if he and and do you think he doesn't know that? Man, what if you could go into San Francisco and beat them and that defense, boy, payday. Do you think having Walker and a DK Metcalf in him is is that enough? Because I mean, you you look on the other side. Yeah, lo- is, is Lockett injured, or you just didn't name him? I just didn't name him. I just, you know, obviously you you got Lockett, you got Metcalf. I, I think he's got more weapons than about half the league does. I mean, he doesn't have nearly as many as San Francisco does. But, I mean, when you look at what you named off, I mean, he's he's got a lot better around him than a lot of people do. I mean, the Giants, can you name any other than Saquon Barkley? Like, Daniel Jones, I mean. It... Yeah, no, I mean, they don't have any world beaters at receiver. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I'm – I'm, I think I, I'm I'm saying all that to talk myself further into the Seahawks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, before we move to AFC, obviously the Eagles having a bye. Um, there's been talks that now, like over the past few weeks, they've gone from the best team to maybe they're, they can be beat and maybe they will be beat. Um, what's your take on, the Eagles, and after this is over, whoever they get, like, is 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 it a foregone conclusion that they're going to move forward, or do you still think it's going to be, you know, based on what everybody's saying and what they've seen over the past few weeks, these guys are are something's going on. They're not. No, I got. Team. I mean, you got to see what happens with Jalen Hurts, and he hasn't been there. I don't know. I don't think they're. 
a shoe in at all and actually just realized what you were doing by your pick. So you're obviously trying to get Dallas to play at Minnesota and Seattle to go to Philly. I now see what your long-term plan is on your picks now that I think about it. Well, um, what what would you rather do, play at the team that you beat by 40 points earlier in the season at their place, or would you rather the alternative? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um, but, I, I mean, if it if it goes the way that, that I think, I mean, I think you'd still have the better draw with the Eagles than playing up against the Niners. So, but I don't think, no, I don't think the Eagles, I've told you, um, I think the Cowboys in San Francisco are the two most well-built teams um, in the NFC to win a championship. And even with Dallas having some trouble, I still stand firm with that because at the end of the day, they can play defense and they can more importantly run the ball effectively with two running backs. So, We'll see, um, but let's uh, let's switch over to the AFC, and you know, you got the seven seed Dolphins going to Buffalo, which is the two seed. That's a one o'clock game on Sunday. Um, to be honest, I don't think the weather is going to be a factor, and it, it really doesn't matter because today, last the time Dolphins, I seen Buffalo play in the blizzard, they just start as soon as it started snowing, they started playing even better. It just got better, yeah. So, um, you know, we we get word today that Tua is not going to play which I think we all knew that like I I just didn't see a scenario where he actually was going to suit up and play um I saw a tweet today Daniel that said this game was going to be the NFL postseason equivalent of TCU Georgia and without Tua playing and with Buffalo's motivation you know in light of Hamlin and everything else um I don't think they're going to win by like 60 by no means, but like, I definitely think it's going to be a beat down. Yeah. I, I think it, uh, it, I think it might be 60. <laughs> no, I mean, they, it, would, no they, would, they would pull those guys well before yeah. they started hanging. That it's, it's, it's going to be with Tua. I mean, obviously they played before and it wasn't like, I'd have to look up the score. I, I want to say it was pretty close. I don't I think. No, they beat Buffalo. Yeah, so you know, with Tua, you you beat a, a a team that's at that point was one of the favorites to go deep, but I don't think they were playing well at the time that they beat them. However, yeah. now with the everything that's happened and what's going on and who's well, playing and who's not like i just the, don't the blizzard game was the second time they played so they miami beat buffalo the first time in miami the blizzard game was miami and the very first play that they had with tua he threw to tyreek hill and he slipped and fell and so when you're talking about the the skill players for miami um weather will be a problem for them buffalo seems to have no issue josh allen like i said he was slinging the ball when he he they literally showed him squinting with snow in his eye and he threw like a 40 yard dart that digs caught and it was like these guys are made for this that you know it it doesn't throw them in I so when you talk about no Tua you talk about the skilled players possibly not being able to keep their footing Buffalo's got way better of a defense like I just I mean just not much to break down here. It's not even trying to be rude to the Dolphins if they're fully healthy, you know. But then the Bills, and they got the story too, man. Like, as if they weren't already awesome, 
now they're playing for something even bigger. They're playing for a guy who almost died. Like, it's just no chance. Yeah, I, I don't see any way that this is a, a close game. Um, you know, Randy looking at his picks, um, he picked the Bills. I mean, no, no surprise there. I, I want to say, hit, you know, he's favoring Buffalo to win it all. No, um, he's got the Chiefs. Uh, he's been talking about Chiefs smack. Or at least to go pretty deep. Um, because because he's dead set that it's going to be <clears throat> Buffalo and the Chiefs because he thinks it's going to come to the neutral site, which is what pisses him off. Yeah. Well, he's got he's got Buffalo. I got Buffalo. You got Buffalo. There's a lot of different negative factors that, you know, the Dolphins are having to overcome. And in the event that they that, let's say in the wildest event that they did, like it really doesn't get any easier for them. And they, I just don't see them being able to do it three or four times. So, you know, you might as well come out of the gate and, and, and go ahead and roll over and, and let Buffalo take this line. Just, just take what's coming. Um, the next game, Baltimore, the sixth seed at Cincinnati, the three seed. That's the eight fifteen game on Sunday. Um, Lamar Jackson probably not going to play. Um, all accounts. Um, and you know, Jim, I'll ask you if you were Lamar Jackson, would you play? No, um... I, I wouldn't, and I'll I'll tell you why. If if you wanted to pay me some guaranteed money that we were talking about 18 weeks ago yeah sure then i might go out there and 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 play injured but right now no no way no, no. because he's got Not, he's got to protect himself and and i think even if he does play um he probably knows that there's a possibility they still don't win and so why risk yourself um go ahead and protect yourself um and, you know, to be honest, like, if he doesn't – or with him not playing, um, if Cincinnati does, you know, beat down Baltimore, it just really actually helps solidify his value and helps him. I mean, I could – I could I could see where he could – I mean, he's in, a, he's in a possible win-win, right? Baltimore wins and advances, and then he can maybe get healthy and decide, hey, I can come jump in here and we can take a, make a run of the Super Bowl. Or Cincinnati smacks him down, and it just proves how valuable he is. Yeah, I mean it's uh it's a win win. <laughs> I think, but I think if, if he doesn't play, I, I think it's funny the somehow Cincinnati because people are talking about the Bills, rightfully so, um, and the, and you know obviously like I said with the with the extra stuff with Hamlin, and then they're talking about the Chiefs being on the hot streak, but I just Daniel, I just don't get it. The Bengals have won, I can't remember, I think it's eight in a row and 10 of 11, including beating the Chiefs. And before that injury happened, they were beating the Bills and looking, as you talked about from a fantasy standpoint, we're looking to score again. I, I don't know how people are still favoring the Chiefs and the Bills over the Bengals when they have won as many as they have in a row and beat Kansas City and Kansas City and were looking like they were going to do extremely well against Buffalo. It, it just really kind of shocks me. And and you're talking about a team that made it to the AFC Championship last year 
um, as what were they the five or the six? Anyway, like they they just did this last year. Yeah, I think what people are hung up on is the way the Bengals started the year, and if memory serves me correctly, um, Burrow and Chase and most of the the starting core didn't play any preseason game. Mm-hmm. And so they come in and they have that fluky game against Pittsburgh to start the season. And they were kind of, you know, weak looking at the beginning of the season. And then they just kind of blitzed. Yeah. To um, your point, they start, they started one and three, but obviously finished uh, 12 and four, which is weird because obviously there's a game missing in there. Yeah. But I, I, I say all that to go, you know, it maybe took them four weeks, which is the the duration of preseason, to get their feet, get their understanding, get the grasp of what they're doing, and, and start rolling. Um, because that's what they did. And, it and it's wasn't worth like- noting that their defense is playing well. So, like, yeah. I mean, for all the talk of Joey B, if the defense can play as well as they've been playing, that just really makes it that much better for them. Yeah. So, I mean, much like the the – Dolphins and Bills game. This is very similar. Um, I think the Bengals are gonna have no problem with the Ravens in this game. So I'm taking the Bengals. Randy's taking the Bengals. Who you got? Joey B, Mar Chase. I'm taking the Bengals. An interesting note because I've been listening to that podcast. They actually had a debate today because you do say Bengals and I say Bengals about how you say it. And it was, it was a kind of, it was, it was really funny. And uh, they were on the opposite sides of the fence. It really doesn't matter to me how anybody says it. I just thought I'd bring it up because we do say it the opposite ways, but I could care, care less how you say it or I say it. It's all good either way. I mean, if if we really want to get into semantics, a a bingo is just a tiger. (laughs) That's all it is. Type of tiger. Start calling the Cincinnati Tigers. This is in this. I mean, basically, yeah. All right. Last game this week, wildcard weekend, AFC. And Jim, am I buying into the hype or do I feel like this is the 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 must watch game? The Chargers are traveling all the way across the country to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a Saturday night game, 815. Um, you know, Herbert. Trevor Lawrence, two young QBs. I mean, if there's a QB that has been playing the best, Trevor Lawrence has actually been playing unbelievable. Um, you know, that other quarterback for that Chargers team, um, <laughs> you know, he's okay. I'll, no, I'll, I, I'll tell I, you, I, no, it's it's because of him. Look, this is twofold. One, being stationed in Jacksonville – and going to the games and seeing that there were hardly anybody there because they were so bad. And then I seen the video of the last game and I seen a full stadium. Um, this is awesome for that city. You know, like I said, I was there for two and a half years. And and the idea that they have this opportunity to host a playoff game. And then on the other side, you know, you have Herbert, which Randy throws in our faces. So I kind of want to see him lose, even though he's done nothing to me personally. Sorry, Justin. Um you know, it, it just really has me rooting for the Jaguars because of that city and because I want the other guy to lose just so he doesn't have anything to chirp about to us next week. 
I I would agree with you, but I don't think that's going to happen. And really, you know, and I, I told Randy this, really what I want to see is Cowboys, Chargers, Super Bowl, so we can just put <laughs> all this nonsense to rest. Oh, but man, if it if it happens and it goes the other way, we're gonna have to retire the podcast because we're not gonna be able to talk anymore because you two just gonna never get along. Yeah, I mean that that might end it. That might end everything. And what what a what a great way it would be for this whole thing to come crumbling down, but with that game. Now I I, I kid. Um, you know Jacksonville's been good. Doug Peterson has done an amazing job stepping in, you know, um, taking the reins, obviously, an ex-head coach taking the position um, with Urban Meyer doing what he did, um, really getting the, the, the clown show out of there and, and, and treating this thing like, like a professional uh, organization. But done a great job. Um, young talent. And they're in a position where they're hosting a playoff game and, and, and maybe a year ahead of where they should be. Who knows? But um, I, I I think the Chargers are going to win. Um, I think this um, these playoffs are, are going to be a little advanced for these guys. Um, and no slight to Jacksonville. I just think the Chargers are a better team. Obviously, we know Randy's taking the Chargers. Jim, who are you taking? Taking the Jaguars. What is what is the score of this game? Is it close? Is it blowout? Yeah, are... yeah I'm gonna go with the Jaguars by field goal. Late. Yeah, I I try to like think about. I try to put three scenarios in my head. The first one is the. The Chargers are who I say is going to win. So the first scenario is the Chargers winning by a landslide. And I just I just don't see it. The second one is the Chargers win, not by a landslide, but like 10 points. Just, you know, nothing doesn't get crazy. Nothing really to worry about most of the game. Um, I could see that um, with the Jaguars youth. But really, the one scenario of them winning a close game is really the one that sticks out and the one that I see happening. So I, I kind of agree with you, but I think the, the, the adverse of, of you is I, I believe that the chargers are going to win by a field goal. So. And, and here's what I'll say, because I know what questions coming next. I think no matter who wins this game, they're going to get thumped by Kansas city. Yeah. I mean, when we look at who's waiting for them, you realize that, Patrick Mahomes in his entire career has never not hosted a playoff game. Yeah, and and that was an interesting note because when they were doing a Joey B. Patrick Mahomes comparison, obviously we know Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback, but they talked about what Joe did last year, and they were like, Patrick's never had to do that. So at some point, you got to really give Burrow his respect because he won all his games on the road, whereas his Pats never had to do that. But I think you're you're taken away from what Pat has done, put himself in that position. It's I, not. I mean, it's honestly, not. It's, it's not easy to be the the best team in the in the conference. Honestly, I'm disappointed with Kansas year, City. Though year, I'm disappointed with Kansas City. Though at this point, if you remember when we started this podcast, um, they uh were the favorites that year 
And I thought they had number two on deck. And I'm I made a prediction saying that it was going to be a dynasty, and I could see him winning three, four, or five. And so the idea that they're only at one, and if he doesn't get it done this year, the window isn't closing or anything, but it's going to be a big disappointment because I really thought this team was going to be the next Patriots. I don't, I don't think so. I think I don't I think, now. At this point, I did then. I think, um, you know, a lot of people when Tyreek went to Miami, I think a lot of people said, oh, well, these guys, that that's it. They're going to take a step back. Um, but the reality is they, they actually didn't. I don't know if they got better because they were really damn good and I, they're still really damn good. Um, but when you got the coach staff that they do, you have the quarterback they do, you have some of those weapons that they got. And you got a guy like Kelsey who is a difference maker. You got a chance to so um I I don't I think you're right when we talk about next week. Whoever ends up taking on the Chiefs, I don't think it's gonna matter. I think they're gonna be superior to whatever team that is um but that's uh that's that's the recap man that's that's the the playoffs in a nutshell wild card weekend um jim before we get out of here man any any last call any any things you want to bring to the forefront um just uh something that hadn't happened yet you know we're not doing an episode next monday because um you will be at the uh the Bucks Cowboys game, as we mentioned, but I'll be in Baton Rouge to uh, to watch LSU gymnastics and their home opener against um, I, I think Oklahoma is number one. I, I'm almost 100% confident on that, but they are the defending national champion no matter what. Um, so yeah, Oklahoma coming to town. Our girl Kaya hooked me and the family up with tickets to to go down there and watch. And so, man, um, I told you last year you had Auburn and LSU for a top 10 matchup. It was a sellout. It was absolutely electric. Um, I'm going to get it again, man. And I think it'll be even bigger because it's, it's Oklahoma. It's your, it's your defending national champs coming to town and it's the, and it's the home opener. So it's just, I mean, I expect it to be absolutely electric. Oh, it's going to be a blast. You guys are, are going to be in the thick, right in the thick, man. It's going to, it's going to be good. I'm, I'm, I'm jealous. I feel like you guys are going to have a great time. And I, um, I think last week LSU, um, got a small taste of where they want to be. Um, obviously came up a little bit short, but I think this is, this is a week for redemption. I I think, you know, without getting deep into it, I think it spoke more about how good Utah was and, than you know LSU being bad and you know in a loss like I mean Utah we we messaged each other they just they, just, they were good man yeah they're black good or they're one of the best in the country but speaking of best in the country Jim I want to thank our guest tonight who you know it, it, all accounts Ole Miss baseball and you know they're the best team in the country because nobody's beat them yet they're still the champs from last year and until they're beat they'll always be the champs of last year but i want to thank their newest addition grayson saunier for joining us if you like hearing grayson's story or you just like hearing us average joes talk x's and o's please like and share the podcast on facebook retweet us on twitter 
Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, feedback, likes, hugs, loves, hearts, you know, all that stuff. We'll, we'll take it all. All the positive stuff. We're, we're eliminating the negativity in our life. Right, Jim? That's right. All right. We'll see everybody next week because we got a good episode. We're going we're gonna to change it around a little bit. We've done this in past seasons, but before baseball season really gets in the swing, our next episode, we're going to be joined by the dads of LSU baseball. We're going to get their insight on the upcoming LSU season and really what it's like being a dad of, of high caliber SEC baseball players. Cause I'm, I'm sure, you know, everyone's like, Oh man, that, that would be a blast. And I'm sure that it has its challenges, but you know, Jim, I'm sure you can attest to this. It's got its benefits as well. So looking forward to that episode. This has been the end off the bench podcast. As always remember strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We out.